Well, good morning. Oh, goodness. Good to be here today. Good to be with you guys. Excited about this morning. Excited about this new year. Excited about this new year. I was planned on losing 10 pounds, and I showed up, and there's donuts. So I'll start next year. So, and kick it off. So, Pastor was talking just a little bit about you guys being able to hear the voice of the Lord and discern the voice of the Lord. And it's, that's, that's exactly what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because um, how many know that one of the most basic claims of Christianity is that we serve a God who still speaks? Yes, he does. We serve a God who still, who still speaks. And uh, I hope each and every one of you believe that, that God still speaks. Not only does he speak, he wants to speak. Yeah. He wants to speak to you, and he wants, he wants to hear you, and he wants you to hear him. Yeah. Um, that's the God that we serve. And all through the Bible, you will see a phrase that says, And God said, yeah. right? And that phrase still carries on to today because God is still speaking. The question is, are we still listening? God is still speaking. Are we still listening? God wants to have a relationship with you. This morning I want to talk to you about, uh, I just entitled this, The Secrets in the Soil. Okay? Secrets in the Soil. And there, there is no relationship without communication. How many know that? If you have a marriage where there's no communication then you don't have much of a relationship within the marriage. I'm glad I'm starting off good. (laughs) Right? I'm just being honest with you. When my wife speaks, A, I often don't hear it, or B, I often misunderstand it. Okay? And I'm sure I'm the only man in this place who's ever felt that way. Right? Men, there are two things that we need to understand about women. Okay? And nobody has a clue what those two things are. Right? Oh, man, you're leaving me hanging. You're leaving me hanging. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. But if I have that much difficulty with, with my wife and our communication, a woman that I know and that I love, that I admire, that I spend my entire life with, and yet I still don't always communicate clearly with her, then what about my relationship with God? What about that relationship? See, some people think that pastors, we always understand exactly what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I be honest with you? At least I'm speaking for me. Me (laughs) That's not exactly accurate. I often sometimes is is as confused as anyone else as to what God's trying to say to me. Um, On the other hand, there are times in my life when God speaks that I have no doubt who is speaking to me. I have no doubt at all. Just like when my wife calls me on the phone. I, when she calls, I don't have to ask, who is this? Right. No, I know her voice. Right. I know her voice. I don't have to ask who it is. And there are times when God speaks, I know exactly who it is. I know exactly who's putting that idea, that thought in my mind. And, and a lot of times, what is the difference? Well, the difference is very plain and very simple. It's what we're going to talk about this morning. The difference is being able to understand and discern the voice of the Lord. The difference is our attitude. And you're going to think, what in the world? How in the world does that have to do with this? I want to show you. The difference is our attitude. Um, Some cordless phones have different channels on them. Uh, A lot of people just, they're going with mobile phones now. But if you have a cordless phone at home, you pick up a cordless phone, it's not real clear. You have a lot of static, a lot of noise. You keep changing the channel until you get to the right one. And then when you get the right one, that channel is is suddenly crystal clear. Many times God has spoken to us, but it hasn't come through crystal clear because we're not on the right channel. 
Right now in this room, right now where we sit, this room is filled with radio waves. But you can't hear them because we're not tuned in. They're even going through your body as we speak. Don't that freak you out a little bit? They're going through you right now, those radio waves. And then as we sit right here, there's also television waves that are going through this airway right now. You don't see them. But if you had a receiver and you, were, you had it tuned in right, you'd get the picture. Right now, God is speaking to each and every one of us. Right now, he's speaking to each and every one of us. But a lot of times, I know in my life, I don't see it. I don't hear it. But he really is. Our reception is just a little bit fuzzy. But our father wants to speak to his kids. In my home, I'm the father of my home. Care what you read on Facebook, okay? Uh, I'm the man, right? M A double N man, right? And I love to speak to my kids. And if I go a day without talking to my kids, then something's messed up. I love to talk to my kids. And sometimes they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> I get that. That's called teen years, right? But I love talking to my kids. What good father does not want to talk to his children? And we have a father who wants to speak to his children today. I want you to check out this clip of Michael Jr. just about the children hearing the father's voice. Check it out. Now, Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 8 in which he says, before you start weirding out, it's not Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, it was New Year's, man. I slept a long time last night. <laughs> but Luke... Jesus told us a parable in Luke chapter 8, a parable in which he says, let me explain to you that it's all about attitude. And so I want to convey that to us this morning. I want to convey to us the four kinds of of attitudes that will depend on whether we get the message clearly or not, whether we are able to discern the Father's voice. And so he says, let me tell you a story. He says there's a farmer who goes out to sow seed, and as he went out to sow seed, the seed scattered all over in different types of soil. Now, back in the Middle East, in those days, they didn't plant one seed per spot and cover it up. Uh, they did what they call broadcasting. Anyone ever heard the term broadcasting? I'm sure we have several in here know what broadcasting is. Farmer would take a pouch and inside he'd fill that pouch with seed, and he'd walk through the field and he'd just toss it. Just toss the seed, scattering the seed throughout the field. And obviously some of the seed falls on good soil and some of it doesn't. And he says there's four types of soil that represent these four different attitudes. Now understand, we're not talking about four kinds of people, okay? We're, we're, we're not trying to discern an attitude with a specific person. Like, oh, well, that's the attitude that she has. That's the attitude that he has, okay? So don't be looking at your neighbor trying to pick them out who this is. We all, at some point in our life, have walked through these four different attitudes. And we all, even after we have acknowledged Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we all have experienced these four attitudes. I know I have, and I think if we're to be honest, probably all, all of us have. We all have gone through these attitudes in our relationship with Christ. Um, so we're not talking about four different types of people. We're just talking about four different attitudes that we carry with us through life. Everyone understand? All right. So uh, sometimes we're very closed closed to hearing what God wants to say. So how do I hear God speak to me? Well, number one, and we'll go through this quick. Number one, I've got to cultivate an open mind. I must cultivate an open mind. Now, I've got to want to hear from God. It starts with your want to. Do you want to hear from God? Um, You've got, when you've got a closed mind, obviously God's not going to get through. The first type of soil here in verse 5 of chapter 8 says this. It says, Some seed fell on the earth, and it was trampled on by the birds of the air, and they came and ate it up. 
And then verse 12 says those along this path are like people who hear and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their heart so they cannot believe and be saved. Now on every farm in every field there's a footpath that the farmer would walk down. And as he went he would sow the seed onto the land that was tilled. Now there are two characteristics of a footpath. One, it's hardened. The footpath is hardened because of the constant traffic of people walking on the footpath. The soil is compacted, and it's not fertile. It's not tilled like the field. It's hard. And then the other characteristic of a footpath is it is narrow. Do you know anybody like that, or have you ever experienced that in your own life when you have become narrow and hard? You've become narrow-minded and hard-hearted. Don't look at your neighbor! Have you ever experienced that yourself? You've become narrow-minded and hard-hearted. We're not even open to the possibility that God would want to speak to us right now. That God might be speaking to someone around us, to us. And as a result, Jesus says, the farmer sows seed. But that seed can't take root because it's hard, it's compacted, it just lays on the surface of the ground. And the birds come along and they eat it. It never even gets a chance. And God wants to speak to us, but sometimes he doesn't even get a chance because our minds are closed. Our hearts are hardened. We've made up our mind. I'm not, I don't want to listen. I don't want to hear it about that. And and it's not just as, as a whole. There are certain maybe scenarios or situations or circumstances or areas of our life that maybe we are following Jesus over here, but over here we're like, no, I don't want to hear that. Okay? I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't want to hear about restoration anymore. I'm done with them. I don't want to hear about forgiveness anymore. I'm done with them. Come on, somebody. I I, I don't want to hear about joy anymore. I'm happy being in the mully grubs. Right? I don't want to hear it. And so we've closed our, our, our heart. We've closed our mind to what God wants to say. Now, what causes us to close our mind? Well, there's three things I want to bring home real quick. Number one is pride. Pride causes us to have a closed mind. When I think I can make this decision on my own, I don't need any help. When we rely on our own word more than we do his word, pride builds up. I can handle this mess on my own. Have you ever said this? I got myself into this, I'll get myself out. Come on, somebody. I can resolve this. God, I'll let you know when I need you. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying. When I'm full of pride, I close my mind to God, and he can't get in. and He's wanting to talk to me, but pride has built up this block. God, I got it. Yeah, I got it covered. I got it covered. Another thing that, that, that builds this block is fear. Sometimes we're just afraid of what God might say. What if I open my mind to God? What if I open my heart to God and he says to move to Zimbabwe? I don't even know if they have a Chick-fil-A there. Right? How will I survive? What if God says to do something like that? What, 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 if, what, what if God asked me to give something up that I really, really enjoy, right? I'll lose my freedom. I'll lose my fun. And I, I don't want, man, so I close my mind out of fear of what God might say. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, bitterness. Pride, fear, and bitterness. Whenever we've been hurt and we hold on to those hurtful memories, it causes us to close our minds. Yes. We start saying things like, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why is this going on in my life? You're going to be hurt. Can I just be honest with you? This is not heaven. This is earth. And sometimes we're going to be hurt. God's given man free choice. 
And so people are free to do wrong things and say wrong things. And as a result of that, sometimes innocent people suffer. Aren't you glad you come to church today? Not everything that happens in this world is God's will. Not everything that happens. He's given us a freedom to choose. And so people get hurt, but what you do with that hurt is your choice. Will we become better people or will we become bitter people? You got the choice. A bitter life, can I just be real with you? A bitter life is a wasted life. And when we become bitter and we hold on to our hurts, it only prolongs the pain that we're going through. Obviously in a crowd this size, if we just be real, there's some of you that have been really deeply hurt. Some of you have lost loved ones and you're still dealing with that pain. Some of you have been verbally abused, some physically abused, some emotionally abused. Some of you have known the hurt of a, of a parent who just walked out of your life. Some of you know the hurt of a, of a, a spouse who, who did the unthinkable. And, and this morning, if you've been deeply hurt, let me say a couple of things to you. And there, there are other instances and other circumstances as well. But let me just say a couple of things to you. First of all, I truly, truly am sorry. I truly am, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry that you're having to walk through things that God never intended you to walk through. Okay? But I want you to know he hurts with you. Yes, he does. He weeps with you. At a funeral one time, a woman screamed, where was God when my son died? And as I read that, I thought, the same place he was when his son died. He knows. He knows. And then two, I want to say to you this. Whenever you are in pain and whenever you are hurting, a lot of people run from God at that time. Don't run from God. Run to God. Sprint to God. He is the only one who can bring comfort. He's the only one who can bring care. He's the only one who can make a difference. He's the only one who can bring healing into a situation or a circumstance that the the devil meant to destroy you with. Okay, So run to God. And the tragedy of the beaten path, the tragedy of, 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 of the path that we're talking about is that it's barren. There's nothing that can grow there. Right. Nothing at all. It's unfruitful. And this life is a waste of life. The birds come along. They eat the seed. How many know that kind of life? It's for the birds. Right. It's for the birds. Right. It's probably the most anointed thing I'll say all morning. That life is for the birds. Let the birds have it. That's not where we're living. That's not where we're living. So, number two, I got to allocate time to listen. I must allocate time to listen. I've got to make time to hear him. I've got to slow down. I got to be still and know that he's God. We got to plan it in our schedule. We schedule everything else in life. We schedule vacations and dentist appointments and dates and homework and tanning sessions. I know I do. I schedule mine. Football games, everything. I'm just joking. I'm just messing. Just messing. Just messing. We schedule everything else. Do you schedule time for your God? Do you schedule time for the Lord? Where does God get the leftovers? Can I be, man, for so long in my life, God got the leftovers of my life. He got the leftovers. As Americans, we are in such a hurry. In 2011, the great shift took place. And you probably noticed this. This probably affected your life dramatically. 
What do I mean? In 2011 is when the great shift took place, is when people, that's the first year in, in history that people purchased already made juice more than they did concentrated cans. And since then, the, the, the divide has just been growing in 2011. Now, I'm just curious. How many of our younger generation even knows that juice come in cans? Right? It's in the jars, in the dairy section, or, right? In 2011, that grave shift took place. And a lot of people, a lot of the, the researchers said that Americans don't want to put up with the thawing. Look to your neighbor and say, that's dumb. Right? Americans don't want to put up with the thawing. Verse 6. Where am I going with this? I have no idea. Let's just have fun. (laughs) Verse 6. Other seed fell on shallow soil with rock beneath. And this seed began to grow, but soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Verse 13. The interpretation. Those on that rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in time of testing... They fall away. Now, just as a hardened path represents the closed mind, the shallow soul represents the superficial mind. When he talks about the rocky soil here, he's not talking about soil with a bunch of rocks in it. We're in the Middle East, and we're particularly in Israel at this time. And much of Israel is built on bedrock of limestone that's about three to four inches of topsoil on top of that. And what that means is that plants can grow down two to three inches, but that's about it. So when the summer comes and the heat's on, the plants wither. They die because they have no root, because the bedrock underneath does not allow them to develop deep roots. He's saying this represents the superficial type of hearer who hears the word of God. It sprouts up. We get excited about it. You ever got excited about the word? Come on, I I get excited about it. Sometimes at home, I'll be watching someone on TV, and I'll stand in my living room and go, Woo-hoo-hoo, that's good, right? And, And so it sprouts up inside of you. I can't tell you how many people have, have said things like, man, that message, man, that message, you killed it this morning. That was awesome. And then a few weeks later, hey, what have you done with that? Nothing. Come on. Nothing. Where's the life change? Where, where, where's something moving in our life? We're still living the same way. We get excited about the message, but do we do anything about it? We, we could get excited. It, when, when, when I asked Jenny to marry me, if she was like, oh, yeah, woo, marry you, you bet. I can't wait. And then if she didn't show up, <laughs> I don't have a marriage. I just have a wife who, well, she wouldn't have been a wife. I just have a fiance who was excited to marry me, but never showed up. But I got her there. Is this making any sense? Yeah, okay. Good. We get excited about it. The United States Air Force, they did a study that found out this. We forget 90 to 95% of everything we hear within 72 hours. If you want to reach a statistic that will depress every pastor across this nation, it's that right there. Yeah. I mean, I've labored 65 hours putting this message together this week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and so we, we come and, and we, we release a, a message that we feel like God has laid upon our heart, realizing that by Wednesday, 90 to 95% of it, you have no clue what we said. Right. 
By this afternoon, I won't remember what I said. Everybody put your hands together. Just show, show me you still, you still love me. All right. We've already forgotten by Wednesday. And that's why I had a pastor who told me one time, you've got to take notes. He said, note takers are history makers. Note takers are history makers. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Think about that. And so write it down. God speaks something to you today in this message or tonight at home or tomorrow. And you know, Write it down. R- write it down. If you forget it, you can go back and, and, and look at it. I can't tell you the number of things I have in my journals and in my notebooks. I go back and I look at it. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's what he said. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what he's talking to me about. Write it down. The verse here, the second kind of person, verse 13, says they receive the word with joy. Circle that. And when they hear it, they don't have any root. In other words, we don't retain it. We can be thrilled without being transformed. We can be thrilled without being transformed. So we we need to write it down. I I need to write it down. And so write it down. God speaks something to you, write it down. You you hear something, that just write it down. If you don't have anything, grab your wife's lipstick and write it, you know, write it down. So why should God teach me new things if I haven't put what he's already taught me into practice? People say all the time, I just, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's will. I remember a pastor telling me once, why would he show you his unknown will when we can't even walk out his own known will? This is, this is hard, That's isn't good. it? That's good. This is hard. Happy New Year, people. <laughs> I love you. I love you. We have roots. We, have, we need roots. We need to allocate time to listen, allocate time to hear. And when we do, when we, do we grow roots. Number three. Aren't you glad that point's over? I can feel the love. <laughs> Number three, I've got to eliminate distractions. I've got to eliminate distractions. A lot of times we miss hearing God because our minds are crowded with other thoughts. <laughs> Guilty. Listen, I'm not preaching something that God's not already preached to me. I promise you that. I'm guilty. Our minds are filled with concerns, daily living, worries, plans, goals, ambitions, bills, all kinds of things. When our mind is full and always thinking, do we ever give God a chance in silence to talk? Can he get through? In verse 7, he says, Other seed fell among the thorns, the weeds, which grew up and choked out the plant. This seed that fell, verse 14, the interpretation, this seed that fell among the thorns stands and represents for those who hear the word. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, by life's riches, by life's even pleasures. The soul with weeds, this third kind of soul that the farmer's throwing seed on, it represents a, a, a preoccupied mind. When we're distracted, the seed sprouts and it grows, but it's choked out by the weeds before it can bear fruit. Here's a very deep theological question. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Man, every spring I can grow a weed garden in my backyard. Anyone ever have that blessing too? 
fact, I can start a weed farm. <laughs> the difference between a plant and a weed, a, weed, a plant is something you cultivate, something you fertilize, something you trim, something you water, right? Yeah. And with that, it grows. A weed, you do nothing, and it explodes, right? right. It just, like, it's there. That's the difference. You don't have to water. Have you ever heard your, you know, anyone say, I, I need to go out and water the weeds this morning. Anyone ever said, no, you don't say that. Why? Because they don't need it. You go out there and you had a weed that's like that tall one morning. You go out there and you got a weed tree by the, by the end of the day. They just explode. They explode. And so a, a weed, you do nothing and explodes. You don't have to water weeds. They just grow. Weeds are a sign of neglect. And when I start neglecting time with God on a daily basis, I start neglecting getting together with other Christians in worship. I start neglecting my Bible study. The weeds, they begin to grow in my life. And the Bible says they grow and they choke out the spiritual life. I lose my joy. I lose my peace. I lose my purpose because of the weeds that are growing in my life. Anyone get anything out of this? All right, number four. I must cooperate with what he says. God talks to people who decides in advance that they're going to do whatever he tells them. Most of us, we want God to talk and then we'll decide. Guilty. Guilty. Come on, point up here. Say, yeah, you you guilty. God says, that's not the game I play. God says, when you decide in your heart that you'll do, then I, 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 I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. I read about a church who uh, had a choir special. Back in the day, do you remember the song, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Y'all remember that? You do the motions, you know. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes. You know, come on. You do that. We, we'd have fun with that one. Right. And so th- this, choir, uh, this choir did the special. And when they finished the special, and they just rocked the place out with that song. And when they finished the special, the choir director, she turned around. She goes, okay, God, you've heard, you've heard our attitude. Now, what do you want us to do? You've heard our attitude. Now, what do you want us to do? And that's what God wants. He wants our trust. See, this fourth soul represents a willing heart, willing to do whatever God wants you to do. Verse 15, the seed on the good soul stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word of God, retain it, and, and, uh, and by persevering, they produce a good crop. Circle that word retain. They not only hear God's word, but they retain it. They retain it. They write it down. They listen to it. They think about it. They go over it. Yes. Do you want to make your life count? I want to make my life count. Yes. I want to make my life productive, fulfilling, and satisfying. Hallelujah. And then I need to do what James one twenty two says. It says, don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Don't kid yourself if you think that you're just going to church and growing. No, do what it says. Oh. That's James one twenty two. Yeah. Do yeah. what it says. Do we have a closed mind? Do we have a superficial mind? Do we get excited about a service and we walk away and forget it sometimes? Do we get distracted? Sometimes we can get distracted by good things too. Yes, Come do. on, somebody. Yes. Do we get distracted? Do we just get too busy? Or do we have a will in mind? And here's the question that I close with. As a result of this message today, what are you going to do? This is the, the question God posed to me. When I was preparing this. Now, now that I've spoken this to you, Pastor Jared. Okay, God didn't call me pastor. But once I've spoke this to you, once you have it now, what are you going to do with it? 
Because the word says to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So, Jared, what are you going to do to do what I'm telling you to do? What are you going to put into practice to do? Do something. Because the truth is, the moment we walk out these doors, how many of those little birds are going to be waiting on you? (laughs) Those little birds. And that life is for the birds. They're going to be waiting on you. And so we've got to do something. And so, everybody love homework? This was Bill's idea. (laughs) Bill said, give them homework. They love homework. We've come up with the 10-minute challenge here, here at Elm Grove. Now, as you walk in there at the table in the foyer, there's a sheet that looks just like this. Maybe you got it when you come in. Maybe you picked it up. Maybe you didn't. But here's what the 10-minute challenge is. For six out of the seven days of a week, we want to challenge you. Not just challenge. We want to encourage you to spend 10 minutes with God each and every day. Now, you may say, some people may say, 10 minutes, come on, that's weak. Right? But I know me, and I know myself, and I know if, if I say, you know what, I'm running 10 miles every day. I haven't even run 10 feet in the last 10 years, right? Because, well, from the couch to the fridge, but that, that's about it, right? And so you tell me, hey, let's start, let's start this new year right. Let's run 10 miles a day. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. I'll meet you at the finish line in my car, right? right. right. And so a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure this time of year because we, we, we make these big, gargantuan you know, I'm losing 10 pounds this week, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and I said in my mind, I'm going to gain 10 pounds this year, and I'm going to keep to it, <laughs> you know, and so we, we, we make the, <laughs> how many are with me on that one, <laughs> and so, but we make these, these huge thoughts this time of year, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and you show up to church, and there's Krispy Kremes, right, and you're like, Why? Okay, you know, that's what we do. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, you know, start here, start here. And, and this will, will grow into something even greater. Yeah. This will grow, but this is a start. Yeah. For 10 minutes a day, just spend time. And there, there's, there's, there's a, 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 a chapter, or sometimes even less than a chapter. So at the most, you're reading one chapter a day. And you go through this, and as you go through this, at the end of this year, you will have read the entire New Testament, Matthew to Revelation, okay? And as you go through this, uh, researchers have found out that most people fall off their Bible reading plans on Mondays and Tuesdays. Maybe we just have bad Mondays, or we have bad Tuesdays. And so they've developed a six out of seven day reading plan, where Monday and Tuesday, you get to pick what day you want to do. So if you have one of those maniac Mondays, don't, you know? Maybe that's when we need to get in the Word a little bit more. I don't know. But Monday and Tuesday, you get to pick. So six out of the seven days of the week, you're reading a chapter or less a day. It takes you a couple of three minutes to read a chapter. And then there's some questions on the back that you can ask yourself about the chapter that, that you've read. You don't have to ask yourself every question, but just find a couple of those questions. Ask yourself. Develop some life application. And let the Holy Spirit, don't just read the New Testament, but let the Holy Spirit read you. Okay? So we're spending 10 minutes getting the Word of God in us and then also letting the Holy Spirit speak to us about what we've read. Amen? Amen. So I just want to encourage you, do something. 
do something. Me and my family, we're going to be doing this, and I want to encourage you to do it as well. And again, this, we'll have this every month out there. This is January. This is January's reading list. It's on Facebook, Elm Grove Church. Uh, go, go to Elm Grove Church uh, Facebook. You can, you can click on it. You can s- see all this there if, if you want to do it that way. But pick one of these up and, 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 and just develop that mentality. I'm going to do something. I'm going to keep an attitude that allows the Father to speak to me throughout this entire year. Amen? You received the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Put your hands together today. Father, we come before you this morning, and God, you've you've shared with us what to do. You've said that you want to speak to us. We we believe it. God, that's that's the first thing, was we've got to cultivate an open mind. We've got to believe that you want to speak. And so, God, we do. We believe you want to speak. And God, there's been times in, in my life when I've had a closed mind. There's been times I've had that shallow mind. God, there's been times when I've had that distracted mind. And there's been times when I've had that open mind. I've had that trust. God, I've walked through every, every one of these attitudes. God, it feels like there are some days that I go through all four attitudes in a day. And so, Father, I just pray this morning. I pray for each and every, I pray this message didn't come across condemning or harsh. God, I pray it came across in such a way that we understand and we recognize we have a Father who loves us, who wants to speak to us, but sometimes there are blocks in that path. There are blocks in that way. And so, Father, we want to recognize these blocks. We want to understand what it is that's keeping us from, from receiving the reception of our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. So God, in these attitudes, God, I pray right now in this time of just quiet stillness, God, we would see, okay, is, is there an attitude in my life? Is there an attitude in my life that's reflective of the attitudes that we've talked about? Is there an, an area of my life where I'm just closed to what you want to say? Is there an area of my life where I just, I'm narrow-minded and I'm closed, I'm hard-hearted? Because, God, I, I think that I've got to do it my way. I've got to have it my way. God, is, is there an area of my life where, where God, I'm, I'm distracted? Is there an area of my life that, that I'm distracted by all the other hopes and goals and dreams and ambitions? and God, I'm just distracted. Father, I pray this morning, God, that we'll take this word and we'll just not be hearers of it. God, we'll be doers of it. And God, we'll put into practice the principles we've talked about this morning. God, that we will heed the word of the Lord so that we can hear the voice of the Lord. That's good. Thank you, God. We will heed the word of the Lord so that we can hear the voice of the Lord. So Father, today, speak. Speak to each and every one of us. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If you're here and you would say, Pastor Jared, one of those four mindsets, man, that just, it, it, it hits home with me, especially maybe the, the first three. The first three that talk about the areas in which we, we have blocks in our life to hearing the, vo- the voice of the Lord. I know the fourth one, the fourth one's that open mind where we just walk in and trust and walk in just, God, whatever you say, yes, but 
Maybe you're here this morning, those first three. Listen, you can be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And still, those attitudes can creep into our life. Yes. And so if you're here this morning, you say, yeah, one of those first three just really touches base with me this morning. Listen, we're not going to call you out. not going to embarrass you. I just want to say a prayer over you this morning. If that's you, will you slip your hand up right now? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, awesome. We're just recognizing, God, I, I need you. I see this attitude. You've pointed out this morning. And God, I just, man, I, I need you to do, do work in my life. Help me overcome. Help me overcome. Anybody else want to get on this prayer? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Father, this morning, I come before you, and God, you see every hand that was raised. God, you see every heart that was lifted up in this place. God, you see every, everyone who says, yeah, that's, that's me. God, I, I want so bad to hear you. God, help me to have an attitude to hear you. Help me have an attitude, God, that I can discern the voice of the Lord in my life. God, if there's areas or situations in our life that we've just taken control where we sit on the throne, we sit on the throne in that area and we say, you know what, God, I, I got this. God, I pray this morning that, that, you would, <laughs> that we would be dethroned. And God, today you would, you would rest upon that throne. You would rest up in that area of our life that, God, maybe we've taken control over. God, we'd give it to you. We'd give that hurt, that pain, that bitterness, that unforgiveness. God, we would hand that over to you this morning. And God, we'd say, God, help me. Help me. I don't want control of this. I want to give it to you. God, maybe there's those here this morning, they're just distracted. God, it's so easy to get that way. I know I fail time and time again. This is the attitude I battle. We just get distracted, distracted by everything else in life. We can, again, we get distracted by good things, Lord. And so, Father, help us. Help us to have that time that's focused with you, that's fixed on you. And God, I just pray for each and every person, each and every situation. God, you see the hands that are raised. You see the needs that, that rest in, in that area. So God, bless them. Help us, God, today, that we'll just not be a hearer, but we'll be a doer. And therefore, we'll be an overcomer. And say, so, God, I thank you for that. Thank you for your word today. And God, thank you for your word that it will not return void. But you have the purpose for which this word was brought. And God, I thank you that you are accomplishing that purpose in our life today through your word. And we ask it all today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.